Welcome everyone to the Kingdom Capitalist Show. I'm your host, Ellis Hammond, founder of the Kingdom Capitalist Mastermind. And this is the podcast to help you as a kingdom business leader really advance God's kingdom, both through your life and your business. And today we're going to be talking about what does it take to go to the next level in your business, but also in your life, your faith, your marriage. And we have an incredible, I, I mean, I think really just a an, an expert in this idea of really going to the next level in every area or every arena of your life. We have with us today, Mr. Nathan Tabor. Nathan is successfully found and operated more than two dozen businesses. He's built a real estate company that was uh, one of the largest in the Piedmont triad area of North Carolina. He's a well sought out speaker and also a podcast host of the Handling Life podcast. So we are about to get into an amazing show. We had some awesome conversation beforehand and uh, I'm just fired up for this conversation. So Nathan, man, welcome to the Kingdom Capitalist Show. Hey Ellis, thanks man. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to have me on. Uh, honored to be here with you and uh, look forward to having a great conversation and hopefully, you know, sharing some nuggets that can help others uh, who are listening. Yeah, man, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Well, before we jump in, let me ask you a couple of questions just to get to know you so our audience can know who the heck is Nathan. Uh, where are you based out of, man? I'm based out of Kernersville, North Carolina, which is right in the Winston-Salem, High Point, uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. So about in the middle of the state. Okay. And so right now, man, because you've done so many things over your life, like how would you introduce yourself today if someone was like, hey, Nathan, you know, you're, you're, at, a, you're at a coffee shop or a bar or a restaurant and you're getting to meet someone. How do you introduce yourself? Man, I've got the perfect answer for that. I introduce myself and they say, hey, what do you do? I say, I do whatever my wife tells me to do. <laughs> I've been Love happily married for almost 17 years and I've got the perfect answer for that. That's great, man. Uh, you know, it just kind of depends on context. I mean, my, my, most of my time is spent in um, real estate uh, or on the Handling Life Ministry, or I'm also an adjunct professor at Liberty University. Um, so do a lot of online um, Teaching what are you teaching? I didn't know that actually. Yeah, teaching a government department, the Helms okay. School of Government. And um, it's great program. You know, if you're looking for online stuff, not to give Liberty a plug, but you know, a massive amount of classes online, all types of different disciplines. Yeah. Uh, so the answer to what I do is kind of depends on, you know, I only have one card and it just it says Nathan Tabor on it. It doesn't have any other because, you know, I do meet different people at, that I'm dealing on different things with. So I also do some coaching and consulting and some other kind of side things. But my main focus is um, real estate in the uh, ministry side. Because we have so many people who have been in the real estate industry or are in the real estate industry. Tell us a little bit about that experience, kind of both those companies or I guess several of those yeah. companies you've done. Your so my there. personal investing, the way I got into real estate uh, is, is flipping apartments. Uh, buying rundown, dilapidated, Class C, you know, high occupancy issues, uh, high deferred maintenance, and going in renovating, stabilizing, and selling. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been mine. I've done um, 26 deals since uh, 2006, a little over 52 million in gross sales. So when the economy's up, I'm normally kind of I'm out or holding on to what I have until somebody wants to buy. And then when the economy goes down, then I step in and buy, renovate. And if, you know, if the time's right, I sell or I hold till the economy goes back up and then sell. Right. Right. Excellent. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people will be familiar with that strategy. Well, um, man, I'm, I'm, this is like, we set the frame and I love that you have so many, I mean, and the reason you, you are speaking, coaching, consulting, because you've had so much experience you've done and, you know, been a part of so many different companies 
And I think you're so well equipped and God has positioned you now. And I think this is the role you're taking that I have seen, at least from you, is really helping people think about this idea of going to the next level. And that, and because of your story, we're going to get in today. If you go to the next level in business, but you're not ready to bring those other areas of your life with you, it's like a house of cards. Yeah. All right. Well, see, you know, in, in our society, and I, I'm guilty of it as well, when we say that going to the next level, what's the number one thing that most people think of? Finances. Well, yeah. Well, money. For sure. Or prestige. I mean, it's just, it's immediately, where are we going to be in our stature or where's our check, checkbook going to be? Mm-hmm. And I think that's just human nature. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the greed side of us. And, and greed's not bad. Well, it's the se. easiest thing to see too and measure, right? We think next level, I need a better car, better house. It's the easiest thing to see too. Yeah. Well, you know, you see it out there, the, the Instagrams and the Facebook, you know, look at the car I drive, look at the jet I fly on. You know, you, you, it's this you know, the sales pitch that, hey, for you to be successful, this is what you must look like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if that works for some, I, I, I'm sure it does for some, but most it doesn't. Because if it, if it did, think about it this way. There wouldn't be alcoholics. There wouldn't be drug addicts. There wouldn't be suicide in the Hollywood elite, in the rich and famous. If money cured problems, you would see the, the one percenters not having issues. Hmm. But you look into that where people make a lot of money and they become famous. I mean, the suicide rates and the alcoholism and the drugs and the divorces and, you know, all of the problems of life, the, the percentages dwarf just the average person out on the street. Well, I'm, I'm pumped to get into this because I do, I do know our audience wants to go to the next level. Like people are really wanting to grow their business and it's part of our calling as kingdom capitalists. It advanced God's kingdom through our business, right? And so want to get into that, but I, I really also want to be able to serve our audience in that way too, helping them think holistically about this. So Nathan, before we jump into that, man, let me just pray for us, Paul. Sure, absolutely. Let's gather, really bless this time. Father, we do come to you humbly. We thank you for your grace upon us this morning that we are part of your redemptive work in saving us through Christ and and now part of your redemptive plan in really using our work and our lives, our families, our time uh, to really serve you and advance your kingdom. And I pray that um, today, this next 30, 45 minutes, however long we're going to be here together, uh, Lord, that you would you would be part of it and that you would really shed light on what it really looks like to go to the next level but not in a way that advances our kingdom, God, but advances yours and really uh, allows us to stand before you one day and hear, uh, well done. And so we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Hey, let me lay one kind of groundwork so everybody knows where I'm coming from. There's nothing wrong with money. I don't have any issue with people being filthy rich or having, you know, just enough to get by and that's what they want. Because the Bible doesn't say that money's evil. It says the love of money is evil. So as we talk through this today, you know, I don't want anybody thinking like, oh, he's against, you know, making money. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Love it. <laughs> so let's talk about this then, man. Like first, I do want to talk about next level. I mean, because you're coaching so many CEOs, entrepreneurs, companies right now. I mean, let's talk about this idea. What does it really take? And again, a lot of our audience are going to be in the real estate industry. They're CEOs here. I mean, they're saying right now, you know, I'm doing, I'm at the seven figure mark, but I want to go more. I'm at 200 units and I want to get to a thousand units. You know, let's talk about that for a moment. Yep. This idea of 
and you, you know, getting those things right to be able to take your company to the next level first. Yeah. Well, so in, in, in my opinion, this is all based on my personal story. This is where I come from. You know, my mentality um, 10 years ago and past was, well, for me to get to the point of where I need to be happy and I need to be self-sufficient and have enough money in the bank to, you know, all the things that go through my mind, I need to get to this point. But every time I got to that point, you know, I had the more money I made, the more money I spent and my priorities were wrong. And so what I would say to somebody who's listening to this, if you want to increase your company, you know, what's the reason for it? If the reason is, well, you know, I'm miserable now, things aren't going right. I don't have a relationship with my spouse. I don't have a relationship with my kids. I don't have a relationship with God, but if I can make more money, then I'll free up more time to do those things that doesn't happen. The more money you make, the further it takes you away from God and your spouse and your kids and your health. Even I was 42 pounds overweight, 240 milligrams of morphine a day from a doctor prescribed because I was having back pain. And you know, the more money I made, the further I got away from God because my priority was money and not God. So the first thing is just look at where are you now? I mean, if you want to double your company or triple your company, make sure your foundation is right. Make sure it's right with God and, and those around you. Because if it's not, as I said, money's not going to you know, solve your problem. I find that like that's really hard for people to assess or see on their own. I mean, how did you get that? You know, how did you turn the camera around in a sense to be able to see that at that stage in your life? Um, misery kind of hitting rock bottom outside everything looked great as on the board of nrb the the largest uh, evangelical christian board in the world um you know had all uh, 13 businesses at the time you know driving the fancy car all of that but internally when i laid down at night it was just always my life was full of conflict just conflict after conflict in that thought of money. Like I got to make more money. I couldn't go on vacation, you know, go to Disney, be 10 feet behind my family on my phone, mm. working on a deal, go to the lake, enjoy a boat that I had. And I'm on the, you know, my phone driving the boat around trying to figure out, you know, and it just was this overall consuming to the point where I was like, you know, something's got to change. You know, I'm literally just miserable inside. And you know, for a long time in my life, I blamed everybody else. Oh, well, my manager's not running this right. Or this is, you know, that other person, that seller didn't do right. Or, you know, my wife's not acting right. You know what? It, and eventually it just came down to Ellis that I had to look internally. And this is biblical. I control my actions. I'm only responsible for myself. And I had to kind of admit my role in everything that was going on in my life from business to you know, relationships to everything that, where was I in all of this? Right. And the common denominator in all my issues in my life, there was only one, me. And as soon as I was able to realize that I was the common denominator in my stress and my anxiety and my conflict and, and all the other adjectives there, then I was able to start to address it. But only after I could say that, it, that I was at least partially responsible then I was able to start making steps towards actually growing my businesses, um, developing relationships, and then being able to enjoy it. I can turn my phone off right now for five hours, put it in a drawer. I can turn it off for five days, 
and I've organized my businesses. I've trained the people I'm working with. I, I've, you know, managing my money. I'm not going out and buying something because I have the credit, you know, all the things that come along so I can unplug. I can lay down and sleep like a baby at night. Let's go there, man, because I think that's what you said right there is so key to be able to turn your phone off for five hours or go on that vacation for five days and not, th- you know, you enjoy your business, you enjoy your life. You know, I, I talk to so many entrepreneurs right now that it's hard for them to do. It's hard for them to shut off because, and it's really hard for them to walk away because again, they're, they're sitting at the center of it and everything kind of revolves around them. So for you, you know, you were starting to get emotionally kind of spiritually healthy and then you're, you're making this shift where you can begin to enjoy your business, your life. Help yep. our listeners. How, how do, you know what I mean? Like what are the steps to really begin to shift to that point where your business is operating, you know, with or without you? Yeah. Well, you know, and, and I've, I've got a book that I just put out, uh, Modern Day Jonah. And um, one of the things in my life was simplifying um, the decision making. Because, you know, when you're, when you're going through stuff, you start to, to really overanalyze things. And I think uh, uh, for me, and I think for most people in business, relationships with our spouses, religion, or whatever, we start putting all these criteria. Well, what if this? Or what if they don't do that? When really it comes down to, you look at the story of Jonah, Jonah had a choice. And there was only two choices he had. And Ellis, you have two choices, and I have two choices. Do you know what those are? to either do things God's way. Jonah was asked to go this way, but instead of doing things God's way, he chose to do them his way. And that's really all it is. After after you're saved, after you have a relationship, you have a choice of how you're going to run your business. Are you going to run it God's way? Are you going to be kind to others? Are you going to be patient? Are you going to focus on your relationship with God? Or are you going to run your business and be ruthless like I was? I mean, people used to say to me, oh, you'd make a great attorney. They didn't mean it as a compliment. (laughs) You know, it was kind of like, you know, and and I say this out when I go out and talk and stuff, people used to look at me and say, hey, you know, if that's a Christian, no, thank you. Because he's cutthroat. He'll step on you and over you and through you. And I did because the, the, the rules of business from an earthly standpoint says, get yours while you can. As long as it's ethical and legal, do it. But ethical and legal doesn't always line up with God's. Most of the time, ethical and legal from a world standpoint is way short of where God wants us to be. So you're at this moment, you're at this turning point right, where you're beginning to kind of see the, the gaps, right, of, of what you say you believe in the way that you operate your business, you know, and you're beginning to kind of experience this freedom. I mean, what, you know, besides the, the time freedom, you're turning your phone off. I mean, help then our folks really get to that place, right? Like when you, like even right now, as you're sitting in the coaching seat or the consulting seat of these folks, what are some of the action steps that you're helping them begin to kind of analyze or look at to be able to make these changes. Yeah. And, you know, it's not rocket science, even though there's a lot, you know, out there to say, Oh, this, there's this detailed complicated process and stuff, but it's really just focusing in on your relationship with God. You know, if you want a better, think about it this way. And this is what I teach my clients. And this is what I, you know, on my podcast and stuff, kind of the advice I give away for free, the solution 
to most of our problems in life is very simple, excluding cancer, obviously death. <laughs> you know, um, you can't solve that, right? You can choose where you're going. Um, you know, things outside of your control, kind of Job. You don't have any say in it. It just happens. But all the others, it comes down to, it's very simple. If you want more money, what's the solution? Work harder, save more, spend less. If you want a better relationship with your spouse, spend more quality time with them. If you want a better relationship with your kids, spend more time. If you want to feel better, you know, excluding some health issue, eat better, work out, take care of your body. So what's the hard part about that? If your business is running you, you've made that choice to let your business run you. And if the answer is, well, Nathan, you don't understand. I've got all this debt I have to pay. I've got all these investors I've brought on. Well, who did that? Did they, did the bank make you sign that note? No, you, you chose to put yourself there. So you've created that storm. You've created that dilemma in your life. So you can choose to stay there or you can choose to get out. The problem that we have is even though the, the, the solution is simple. The implementation mm -hmm. of the said solution is the hard part. Right. Well, I don't have time to go to the gym. I don't have time to spend with my kids, you know, time with my kids, or I don't have time. You have the time. It's just, you're not applying it right. You've made the choice to step. And I made that choice. I mean, I made it for a number of years. So my advice to people is you've got to sit down and at, you know, what's your goal? Where do you want to get to? But in getting to that goal, what do you want to keep in your life or what do you want to ignore in your life? If your goal includes having to work 80 or 90 hours a week for 10 years, don't expect to wake up and have a relationship with your spouse or your kids because you haven't invested time in them or you've not invested in time with, with, with God. So it, it really is really simple from God's perspective, but you and I and others, we make it complicated. Let me ask you this, go back to this question. And that's a really good one because I think most people think about, I want to get to this place in my company, but don't realize the time or the effort or the, the sacrifice that it takes to go to the next level. So going back to this topic of this shows the next level, then, I mean, Nathan, you, you have gone to the next level in so many areas of business, real estate, how do you go to the next level as a kingdom capitalist without really losing the things that you're, you know what I mean? Like, because it takes, I mean, there's no doubt the, the, the solution for success is hard work, right? Like, yep. So we're talking about next level, but this idea of balance or just equity in relationships and, and faith, what does that look like for you then, man, to continue to go to the next level in business or even maybe wealth, yeah, you know, actually financial wealth, um, yep. but then still be wealthy in those, those other areas. As and well. it can be done. So here's some things I've found in my life. Uh, first is having a, a written plan for me. So I know the directions. I mean, you, you wouldn't say, Hey, I'm going to go on vacation today and just start driving with no wallet, no plan where to stay, no money in your pocket. I mean, you run out of gas and be stuck in the middle of the road somewhere. Uh, but most people go out, even, even if they're successful, they got a thousand units, they got 10,000 units, they want to double, but they've never written down the plan. Well, the good thing about a plan is then you can share it with others around you. You can tell them instead of 
verbally tell them, you can give them in writing, this is where I am and this is where I'm going. Because the ones who are closest to us, they always hear our ideas. Hey, I want to do this. Hey, I'm thinking about doing that. And so in their mind, we're just always trying to do something. And then when we start doing something, they don't understand the full plan, even though we feel like I, I'm, I'm probably the, you know, one of the biggest things with my wife I have to be careful of is I feel like I've explained everything to her. And I probably did, but I didn't explain it all maybe at one time or I didn't, you know, communicate it well. But if I put it down in writing and then she can sit down and, and read it and then come back to me with questions, man, that resolves like 99% of our struggles over arguments of where time or efforts or energy is being spent spent, uh, if I can give it to her clearly, how long is this project going to be? What's mm -hmm. the requirements of it? Um, you know, that, that communication side is critical in that because if no one knows what you're doing, it won't be long before you start having cracks in your relationships because you're going to get aggravated when somebody says, hey, what are you doing? Why aren't you home? It's, you know, seven o'clock. I've got dinner on the table. Where are you? And you're like, um, I'm working. But obviously, by the time you get to that point, there's an issue. So backing up, you know, go back to that foundation, you know, put in, put in the, the plan there. Let people, you know, know what you're doing and how, you how you're planning on doing it. Did you get, when you do that, because we're doing that right now in our mastermind, we helping everyone develop what we call a go forward plan. Um, how, how do you split that up? Do you split that up pretty categorically? Faith, finances, family, business? Yeah, you know, because normally when you say business plan, which is, is true, you're thinking about, you know, who are you going to take? What are you going to take to the bank or what are you going to take to mm -hmm. um, investors or, or whoever? But you could also have that backside of the business plan of, you know, what it, how, what's that role going to be on your, your faith and your family and your finances? What's your time commitment? You know, it's a business plan, but it's kind of the, the footnotes of it of sorts that you're going to share with those who are around you. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they'll know what's going on and what's the strategy. And, you know, if you, if you can even write down, how can they help you? Mm -hmm. What role can they play? And then, you know, structure in, Hey, you know, I know I'm going to have to work six days a week, but twice a week, you know, I'm going to come home early and we're going to get dinner and I'm going to leave my phone off for two hours or three hours. And then you let everybody know who's working with you on it. Hey, from this time, I'm going to, take off and spend time with my family. So everybody knows what the schedule is. Yeah, that's good. Uh, it just makes it so much easier. You know, if you and I are partnering on something and you know, every Saturday morning from nine to 11, I'm going to be unavailable because uh, I'm going to go to the farmer's market with my family. Unless it's an emergency, you're not going to call me. But if you don't know that, you, you might try to reach out to me and then it interrupts my family time. Right. Nathan, when you built you know the number one or largest the real estate company in the piedmont area there in north carolina did you set out to be number one or the largest or the fastest growing was that a goal of yours early on or did it just happen did it just happen right i guess my point is going back to this idea of goal setting did you set out did you set a goal to be number one or was it you know, did this just come about? I'm curious to hear as, as I've asked this question multiple times to guys. Yeah. I mean, it, both. I mean, um, when I started out, I'll be honest, I was kind of flying by the seat of my pants because I really didn't know, kind of stumbled into real estate. Right. Um, but then once it, um, 
I was like, Hey, you know, I can, I can make a lot of money at this. And, you know, I've, I've been in used car sales. I've built websites for presidential candidates and send emails. And so I, I'm a true entrepreneur. I'm not just in one vein. I kind of look at, Hey, where's the market going? Where can I make money? Um, but once I got into real estate, the plan really became just to do as many deals as feasibly possible that I could get financing for. And I'm always, I, I'm a, I'm a relationship. I'm a, what, what could go wrong? And most people will go find one banker and they put all their eggs in the one basket and they start trying to build their portfolio on that. And that works great until that bank says, Hey, we're capped off or we can't do any more deals right now. Or the decision makers off for three weeks on vacation. You know, you're, you're bound to them, which is good, but it's bad. So I had, you know, six different banks I was working with. And I, st so, you know, I started out with one, but then as I said, Hey, I'm going to grow this. What am I going to need to grow this? What's the infrastructure I'm going to need? What all do I want to do myself? Who am I going, what's my role going to be? And I think probably one of the, the hardest things in growing is the more you grow, how do you manage your time? Well, the only way, because you can't buy more time. So the only way to manage time is to build infrastructure, other people. You know, are you going to run your own crews and hire them? Or are you going to hire subcontractors and meet with the head of the subcontractors and the subcontractors are going to do the work? Are you going to self-manage your property or are you going to hire managers? Well, if you're already there, you're like, hey, this is great. I mean, what does this apply to me? Well, but if you're going to double in size, can your management company handle that? Are they going to have to go hire six new people who aren't vetted, who have no experience that they're paying $10 an hour to manage your $5 million complex. You know, when you start thinking that is the HVAC guy and the plumber and all the vendors that you currently work with, can they expand with you? Would they expand their business just to double your size? So you start getting into the really nuts and bolts of it. And most people don't think about those things. Mm -hmm. They're like, Hey, I got the finances. I have the money. I can do this. Yes, you can do it, but who's going to run it? And those are the things I've seen in my own business where I messed up is my infrastructure was great for the size I was, but then when I tried to go larger, I didn't have the managers. I didn't have the vendors. I didn't have the laborers. I didn't have the, the bottom of it. I had the money side, but I didn't have the ability to run it the way it needed to run. And as we were talking before we started out here, I mean, all it takes is one project out of numerous to be the anchor, to be the dead weight, where all of a sudden all your profitable complexes over here that are doing great are paying to maintain this one over here that's doing bad. And if you've ever been in that position, you don't want to ever be there again. And if you've not been there, do everything you can to avoid it. Because you can, I mean, you know, if you look out there and, and people are being honest about it, you know, real estate's not easy. Mm -hmm. Real estate's not a sure bet. Just because you buy something doesn't mean it's going to perform. You got to have the infrastructure and the experience of the infrastructure to make sure you can maintain that. Right. 
where you're at right now, I'm curious, um, just what, you know, we've talked a lot about next level in business, finances, faith. Um, and we've talked, and I, I forget when we first met, you were telling me just kind of the way that, you know, you, you live as far as how income comes in, uh, kind of the way you're structuring your businesses. What does that look like right now for you? Now that you've, you know, you've kind of come through a lot of this, you, it sounds like you're in a, in a place that you really feel content with and right with before the Lord. What does next level look like for you today for you, Nathan? Yeah, so next level where I am currently in my life is really the desire to um, help others including my wife, including my daughter, you know, my daughter's 15 and a half years old. Um, what type of individual is she going to grow up and be? And then on the, the real estate side, you know, um, it's not all about winning the fight. You know, who, who's around you? Who can you pour into? You know, we can be right from an earthly standpoint and be dead wrong from God's standpoint, right? We can be right in the business deal and have every right to make sure that that gets done that way. But Timothy says to be an example. He says, be thou an example. Well, if our example leads someone to think that we're either not a Christian or we're not a very good Christian or godly people aren't very nice, we won, but we lost, right? So my goal is to... is. I've been helping, you know, working on myself, but helping others to understand, you know, if you're going to build your business and you're going to spend the time and you're going to spend the energy and you're going to risk your portfolio and you're going to put your money into it and you're going to do all this hard work, why not do it the right way? Why not build it in a way that you can maintain your integrity, maintain your testimony, uh, maintain your relationships, um, and then enjoy what you have. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. You know, I, some of the most miserable people I know are extremely wealthy, and some of the happiest people I know are extremely wealthy, and vice versa with, with, with no money. I know miserable poor people, and I know extremely happy, you know, elated, joyful poor people, and I used to look at them and go, what do they have to be joyful about? They don't, I mean, from, you know, driving that old beat up car, living in a trailer or whatever, you know, what their joy is, they've got a relationship with God. And so what I want to do in my life these days, whether, you know, whatever it is, is, is helping people to understand you can have joy in your life and still seek the things that you're trying to do, but you got to put God, ha God has to be first. And then this, the businesses and the relationships and all of that come. And if anything is before God, you might do well at it for a time period, a season. It might be six months, it might be a year, it might be 10 years, it might be 40 years, it might be 50 years, but at some point it catches up with you. I always like this analogy. Um, have you ever had a little tiny, small splinter in your finger? Yeah, lots. Microscopic <laughs> almost, one you can't even see, mm -hmm. but you know it's there. What during the day is going to rule your life? At any given time, when you rub that splinter against a pocket, against your side, your hair, you're immediately reminded, hey, I've got this painful thing in my life. Well, that's kind of how our relationships are, and that's how my, that's how my life was. And I know if, if someone's a true believer, if God's not their number one goal, things can be going great. 
business is growing great, relationships, all of that going great, Ellis, everything. But when we're reminded by the pain or the conflict or the misery or the stress, or when we lay our head down you know, in, the, in, the, in the night and, and it's all quiet and all those thoughts are running through our heads, we know where we are with God. Mm-hmm. We know what our true priorities are. And then that, make, that makes it then that we can't really enjoy it. I mean, why, why make all the money if you're just, when you're spending it and doing things with it, you're miserable? Is it, it's not worth it then. Biggest struggle for you today um, that you would want to share with our audience just so they, they get an idea. My biggest internal is I am a get it done. I am, I want it done now. I want it done five minutes ago. If that door is closed, how do I get it open? Um, I'm me as Nathan Tabor. I'm a not, I'm a very nice guy. I don't mean that way, but I'm very aggressive in who I am. And so I have to be very careful when I'm dealing on deals and I'm, um, especially if there's a, something that goes sideways, you know, when that conflict comes in, um, well, just yesterday, yesterday, I, I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, I'm working on a project. I ordered, um, materials from a big box store wood and verified, called all the stores, made sure they had it all. It was a very large order, uh, sat there, put it all together, ordered it, Three hours later, they called and said, hey, uh, we don't have this in and we don't have that in. And uh, your order got uh, low. It was Lowe's. Um, our system <laughs> routed it. I wasn't going to say their name. Routed it to the wrong place. And um, sorry about that, but we'll get back to you in the next few days and figure out how we can get it to you. And, man, I could feel the, the, the blood coming up in my neck. You know, I could feel the anger rising up of wanting to say, like, you idiot, or, you know, just come across like, what is wrong with you? No, you know, I said, you know, I said, do this for me. Just see if you can work on it. Cause this is a very important project. I'm, I'm helping somebody out. They need this project done. Um, I would really appreciate if you could just take maybe 30 minutes or an hour of your time and see if you could work this out for me. And, um, about two hours later, they called back and said, Hey, I uh, just want to let you know, we were able to pull it from here and there, different places, but we'll have all your materials to you on Thursday morning. Now, at the time when I did it, I was like, you know, I'd rather just really rip into this person and tell them how horrible it is that they would do that to me. But if I had done that, one, I, w- I would have lost my testimony. I would have felt bad. I'd had to go back and apologize to the person or should have, which I try to these days. Um, but two, I wouldn't have got my materials. They, that person would not have helped me. But instead, I put aside what my earthly side wanted to do, and I showed compassion, and I showed kindness and forgiveness, and just said, hey, if you could, would you help me out, if you can? And I think that's probably one of the biggest struggles for anybody who's an entrepreneur or a, a businessman or a businesswoman is um, – that desire to get things done and to be treated right and to make sure that everything is level, that if you do something wrong, I want you to pay for it. And if, you know, that whole thought process, which from an earthly standpoint is 100% right. 
If you do me wrong, you should make it right. And I have every reason to sue you if you don't. I mean, you know, all of that. But from a godly standpoint, you have to look at how are you supposed to, to handle this? How are you supposed to get this done? Not saying that you can't sue somebody. Not saying that you don't put your foot down because Jesus still drove the money changers out of the temple. So there's a time and a place to be proactive, but you got to do it the right way. Mm -hmm. And I think my struggle and most entrepreneurs struggle is controlling that desire to get things done in the right way. Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, lastly, just kind of, uh, before we wrap up here, I'm curious just as a, as a real estate investor, someone who's been in the market and seen plenty of market upswings and downswings, um, where are you right now as far as kind of holdings and even, uh, even outlook and, um, yeah. you know, is there anything, is there a move you're, you're, you're making right now or, or looking to make as we sit in the kind of 2020, you know, I think it's, um, I'm 46 years old, be 47 in a month. Um, and I think even older people, the ones I've talked to, the 80, we're, we're the most interesting times, you know, in the last 50, 60, 70, 80 years of, of where things are and what's going on. Um, personally, I've, I mean, I've sold all my complexes two years ago when the um, real estate was up and real estate is still up, uh, at least in our area, there's... Um, you know, I, I tell people, I laugh. I said, you know, if I had 50 complexes right now, I got 50 cash buyers for them. You know, there's market, there's the product out there that are for sale mm -hmm. and there's decent deals. But I mean, I'm seeing people pay, you know, 40% over what something is worth on its best day. Because there's so much money out there. There's so many investors, um, even in residential land. Um, you know, so my, my clients that I work with, uh, both from a commercial real estate broker and from coaching and consulting, uh, real estate is still a solid investment. They don't make any more land. It's still a solid way to uh, make money and find financial freedom, but you need to make sure the numbers make sense. You know, I see a lot of deals out there where, the, oh, this is a six cap rate, or this is an eight cap rate, or whatever the cap rate is. And then when you dig into it, you know, it's got the little tiny asterisk down at the bottom once this is done, once all the deferred maintenance is done, or once the rents are raised $200 each a month, you know, there's all this criteria that has to be met before those numbers make sense. Right. So I'm a, a big due diligence numbers guy in that. So, you know, there's a lot of ifs in that, and there's a lot of research that needs to be done. So I, I, I encourage people, yes, buy deals, invest in real estate, you know, build your portfolio, but don't buy on too far out. I mean, you always, you might, you know, market like this, you got to buy a little bit of what it could be. But if it's, you know, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30% above what it's currently at, uh, you know, you got to start questioning, is that a good deal or not? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In, in my opinion. Yeah, no, well, that's, that's, that's what I asked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Nathan, man, this has been awesome. I just love your passion. I, 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 I love your perspective that I know has been developed and shaped and forged over decades of walking with God and being a businessman. So it really means yeah. a lot to have you. Hey, around. let me share something with you here for in, in kind of closing here. You know, I used to be a person that was very outspoken, always have been, 
been involved in politics, ran for office and that. So I, didn't have, I never had a problem expressing. Um, but when you start feeling kind of compassion in things, um, you, you kind of get the feeling sometimes that people want to take advantage of you, but you'll work through that part. Um, it becomes very easy on that. But the other is, is sharing with people your faith, sharing with people that you are a believer. You know, we, we've been, especially the last 50 years, separation of church and state, like put your business over here, put your family over here and put your religion over here mm -hmm. and don't combine them. But from a biblical standpoint, they have to be combined. And, you know, I've done a lot of podcasts and a lot of videos, done a lot of that. And um, I'll close with this. When I was on Bigger Pockets um, about a year ago, I knew the, the questions they were going to ask, the five, you know, what's the, I got the five questions they always ask at the end. They've been standard on there. One of them is what's the most, your favorite book. And I've shared my faith. I've shared my story. I've shared all of that on dozens, if not over a hundred different podcasts. But when Bigger Pockets came, I said, you know, the Bible's the most important to me. And I said, I don't mean that to offend anybody. But that's, you know, every self-help book I've ever read, everything, I can find the principle in God's word. And, you know, I've never had one person ever email me or social media message me or come up to me at a conference and go, hey, you know what? I wish you'd keep your religion to yourself. Never. I've never had anybody tell me I, that I've offended them. I've never, you know, so don't be afraid to share your faith. It doesn't have to be, you know, don't share it in a way of, hey, you're going to hell if you don't, you know, you can if you want, but, but you can talk about what God has done for you. You can talk about the peace and the joy and the contentment that you get from your relationship with God and not be offensive, but let other people know, hey, there is something here that you can develop in your relationship with God, and I can run a successful business, and I can grow my business, and I can make money, but I can also have something that you're not going to get joy and peace and balance because I have a relationship with God. Right. Yeah, which I think is the heart of this show is helping people realize that, man, we, we're not, you know, we can't, we don't separate those things. We are kingdom capitalists. We are building our business with and for God, and we want the world to know that. And so um, I, I really appreciate that reminder. I hope this show continues to serve as a reminder that, um, guys and girls, we, you know, we are the city on a hill, right? We, we are the light to the world. And the way that that light is going to shine is through our business, right? It's through the way that we build, create, and steward our capital. And so, um, yeah. It's through, your, it's through your actions and not your words. Yeah. I tell people all the time, please don't judge God by my words or my, you know, I, I try to be a good example, but I falter. But my actions are going to lead people more to Christ than my words. Nathan, so grateful for you, brother. Listen, everyone, thank you so much for being uh, with us today and sticking with this. If you have enjoyed this show or just enjoying this podcast, help us get the word out uh, by screenshotting this. Go to LinkedIn, post that, let everyone know, hey, I'm listening to Kingdom Capitalist Show. Go check this one out. Uh, and then if you haven't already, uh, rate and review this podcast show. Give us a five-star written review. I think we're almost at the 200 mark, Nathan. So we got to, we got to, uh, we got to pump that up, man. We got to hey, break you're, that you're barrier. Doing, you're, doing an, <laughs> you're doing an awesome job, man. Uh, you know, keep it up. If you're, if you're listening to this and you enjoy uh, this, you know, share it on your Facebook, share it on LinkedIn, send it out to your emails. Hey, subscribe to this podcast. Yeah. Um, because that. people need to know 
that there are others out there who have the same values and the same faith that they do in their kingdom, kingdom capitalists. They're trying to grow their business and serve the Lord at the same time. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this show today. If you want to learn more about our community, you're going to want to visit us at kingdomcapitalist.co. There you can find info on our private mastermind and even subscribe to our newsletter to get updates on new shows. And last but not least, land opportunities to get private trainings and coaching calls with the guest of this show. If you're enjoying this show, please take a minute to leave us a five-star review and also share this with a friend. We'll see you next time.